Welcome to Japan Casting Podcast. Steve McCarty is presenting to you today bilingual perspectives on language teaching, a view from the goal. An attainable goal for language learners is to function in plural languages according to their own needs. A bilingual perspective starts from that realistic goal. Learners in Japan tend to idolize L2 mastery or being bilingual, so it becomes other people's business. Monolingual teachers tell students by their example, go where I have not gone. Whereas a bilingual teacher says, come to my state of functioning. This presentation details a paradigm shift from the predominant monolingual second language acquisition paradigm to a developmental bilingual perspective. Professor Steve McCarty. Okay, well, welcome to the presentation, Bilingual Perspectives on Language Teaching, the view from the goal. So uh, regarding the, the a summary, I will just uh, point to the last part that, uh, that uh, talk about two world views. And uh, one is the, the, the usual uh, monolingual second language acquisition paradigm. And then I will really contrast that with a developmental bilingual perspective. So by developmental then refers to the fact that you start from the student's standpoint. That when you say that L1, the native language, you're talking about the student's L1, the student's L2. And so it'll be from that uh, standpoint of the development of the whole person. And uh, uh, where to find, uh, you know, uh, publications where you can read at your, your leisure. You can take a photo of the whiteboard uh, where you just uh, input uh, japan.hcommons.org, the, the Humanities Commons uh, homepage. And, uh, and this is uh, on the screen is uh, the, the site for bilingualism publications, including in Japanese. You can find a, a link there. And then uh, it was a normally I cover the things that I like say in teaching a bilingualism class. So I, I have developed this system of levels of bilingualism. So four in everyday life and one at the study of bilingualism. So at the individual level, we talk about bilingual development. At the family level, bilingual child raising. As, and uh, societal level, uh, cultures or language groups in society and uh, government policies. and. Uh, the school level is bilingual education. So especially for students, it's important to clarify that, that raising, raising children bilingually is not bilingual education. Bilingual education is teaching into languages in schools. And, uh, but bilingual child raising is outside of classes and at, uh, at home or with uh, parents. And I might mention that I often emphasize bilingualism rather than multilingualism because and because you know, often we have the like the two parents with the two native languages in which they should speak their native language to their children so so children can be raised uh, as the next slide shows to have two native languages so that that's the main point of another uh, chart that i use about the types of language acquisition and about the vocabulary I mentioned about, so uh, I'll often say like L1, L2, and even a native culture and second culture could be C1 and C2. And uh, and if uh, if a child has two native languages, then we it's not like L1 and L2, but just like LA and LB, something like that. 
Okay, well, let me get to the main points that uh, that uh, I'll be uh, discussing an alternative paradigm for coexistence of the world's languages. And so that uh, this is because we're based on you know, res respect for the students in native uh, language and culture. And so it's possible to teach like uh, the foreign languages, you know, very respectfully towards the toward the student's background and to start where this the student is is at like if we especially if we know their language and culture you know as the bilinguals are ourselves and so i will talk about like a monolingual uh, second language acquisition paradigm so i'll just call it sla or monolingual and uh, versus a, a developmental bilingual perspective and you'll be surprised just how different it, you know, it can be from uh, what, what is a normal or sometimes it's, it, it's, a, it's an extreme, but we've all seen the extremes that, uh, that you'll see that are called a monolingual uh, approach. And so the, the SLA paradigm is informed by second and foreign language acquisition research. So no problem there, it's all good. So, but, uh, a developmental bilingual perspective is informed also by like the local uh, culture and the first language acquisition research and bilingual acquisition research. And so one thing that you see in first language acquisition research is that as a baby for the first year or more they just listen, listen, listen and they're acquiring the language and they will only speak much later after a year so that tells you something about language acquisition. So when uh, there's a kind of a pressure on children's English to speak, 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 or, or do you speak English? That's not the point. You know, it's, it's to acquire the language. And then, when, then uh, when children or adults are put in the position where they need to use the language, and then they'll use all that they, uh, they acquire, they'll activate that uh, language. So we don't have to worry as long as especially if, if the students are like my children, they really understand, you know, what I say uh, very well. And now we actually have uh, three quarters Japanese grandchild that, that uh, is two years old and she's starting to speak both languages already. There's some people that just have a natural, you know, predisposition toward languages. And so we're, you know, fortunate there. And so it's a, a really important issue in bilingual education and and uh, language education is the medium of instruction. And so the, so using the students uh, L2, you know, which, which is uh, suitable and aware that English medium instruction or other language instruction is, uh, is, a, is a suitable, so no, no problem there. Uh, but the, the way that the foreign language ed education is usually uh, conducted it results in what are called like a weak types of bilingual education, citing Baker 2006. So whereas a, a developmental bilingual perspective then may, the teacher may use the students native and uh, target languages both. And so for instance, uh, when I'm uh, teach, depending on the level of the students, then I, I will have like this, this teaching in English as a main track but I have a kind of a, a sotto voce secondary track where I speak Japanese very quickly to insert things, especially so, so students know what they need to do. And so it's a big uh, time saver. And it was still with uh, the 
the target language and most uh, prominent. And uh, so the strong forms of bilingual education aim for the students to be bilingual. And so to have uh, like a balanced in, uh, input. So usually you're trying to lift up the weaker language. So, but uh, I don't recommend international schools that are taught all in the students L2 because it may introduce an another imbalance um, that we hear, you know, stories of people like students say that some celebs can't speak Japanese, but, but, that, but, but they can, but it's just not 100%, you know, so uh, uh, you have to watch for things like that. But if there's, you know, so generally bilingual education, teaching in two languages uh, is uh, the best way. Now, so regarding a language teaching approach and attitude, so that the native speaker model that is well known, it can be prohibitive of, of, of students uh, uh, L2, you know, use, or prohibitive of a native language use in class. And in extreme cases, the, the language teacher models monolingualism and monoculturalism. So whereas abiding world methods, you know, used in the, you know, our approach, the teacher respects the students as C1, their native culture, and may use their L2 or their L1 strategically, as I mentioned. So the student considers, the teacher considers the student's standpoint, you know, and models their goal. So the, the monolingual teacher says with their behavior, go where I have not gone. And whereas the bilingual teacher's behavior says, come to where I am functioning now. So it's a much more the welcoming and students can relate to uh, the teacher better that way. Now, could someone close the door, please? This one. So the, the goal is uh, normally in, you know, the SLA paradigm to, uh, for L2 mastery, you know, to master the second language. You know, but sometimes uh, uh, they don't think of what cost it may be to, uh, to the, the child, especially in the case of uh, immigrant children. So the, there, there may be damage to the child's cognitive ability if, they, if there is a so-called subtractive bilingualism where the second language replaces the first language. So in a poignant case, let's say a child comes with their parents from uh, the Ukraine and then, then they, this, the parent might have studied some Japanese and then think that when in Rome, do what the Romans do. But actually, that's really the wrong approach. You should, you should use your native language with, with the child. But then in Japan, there's no support for, you know, second languages. So it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a choice, you know, that uh, in Japan, you know, they give, you know, information only in Japanese, whereas in Sweden, they will give information for schools in a hundred languages, you know. So it, you know, it's, it's a choice. Of that I'll get to that later. Um, so then another problem is that uh, that in Japan, like uh, being bilingual is uh, over idealized, you know. So it it becomes something remote as, as other people's business, you know. Tanin goto, as they say in in uh, Japanese, and so we never reach the goal. And so, uh, so whereas in the, the, the bilingual approach, and the goal is that becoming or remaining bilingual, 
you know, to the extent that the learners need. And so it's a maintenance or development of all acquired languages uh, of the child or, or person. And so uh, whereas uh, do, do people uh, have the stereotype of like a bilingual broadcast or something, so that uh, we know that being bilingual is actually a matter of degree. And so we need to emphasize that it's uh, becoming bilingual to an extent or to the extent that the person needs. And uh, they don't even need to be, you know, so perfectly or completely bilingual, which is a, a rare case. You know, so that in the, often in the monolingual approach, you, you never reach the goal, but the bilingual approach, you start from the goal, at least in your perspective. And then regarding language policies or the, the orientation, like a citing uh, Ruiz uh, 1984, in the monolingual paradigm tends to uh, uh, be in, in many countries, including ours, uh, assimilationism. And uh, so it, 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 they don't say, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, assimilate all these, uh, you know, minorities and uh, immigrants, you know, but it's assumed or it's shown by their actions or the inaction. Like I say, they know information or very little support for the for a child's uh, native language uh, other than uh, Japanese. And then uh, uh, the Ruiz had the formulation that language can be a problem a resource or a right, you know. So in uh, the monolingual paradigm, then languages are, are just viewed as a problem. It's problematical that you know that the student comes to Japan with a different native language. You know, but uh, in, in our view, the language is a resource. You know that can be used later for trade with their native country, or that, or and also as a human right. And uh, so we don't have a right to, uh, to take the native language away from the child. And so the developmental approach uh, that encourages linguistic diversity and multilingualism and uh, multiculturalism and uh, upholds the linguistic human rights. And so examples of governments so where these uh, uh, policies apply, uh, the US, the UK, China and Japan, in their mainstream education, at least, you know, uh, f seem to follow this uh, uh, monolingual and uh, assimilationist uh, uh, paradigm. Whereas uh, uh, countries in Europe, uh, Oceania, Singapore, Canada, and some other countries um, are uh, have a, a plurilingual, which means like so, bi or multi means plural, so. So bilingual or multilingual policies or pluricultural policies. Um, and uh, when I took students to New Zealand, for instance, I talked to a Maori leader and, uh, and he, we had really good discussion about biculturalism. You know, but in Japan, they have no concept of, of biculturalism. And so you're just, you're, uh, you have an allegiance to one culture or you cross over to the other. And so the, it, it you know it it makes the job more more difficult and uh, yeah, but so it's so important to understand bilingualism and all of the things that uh, showing here. And so another dimension is you know when to start the the second language or more than one language, 
So in uh, the usual monolingual approach is to start from about six to 14 years of age, you know, uh, and uh, after the L1 is well established, I mean, people believe this is uh, necessary, which is just, uh, you know, another misconception about uh, language acquisition, uh, that uh, in bilingualism we teach that instead you can start uh, more than one language from three months before birth when the fetus is able to analyze voice patterns. And uh, or starting in infancy, which is called like a, a simultaneous uh, bilingualism, where the student, a child can have two native languages. And then another aspect is the reasons to evaluate proficiency of the person's language. Uh, the monolingual approach is, uh, is towards standardized proficiency exam scores you know, high enough or not to, for a school entry or work position. So whereas in the developmental approach, we're thinking of you know, sufficient language and communication skills for the needs and purposes of the individual learner. You see what a completely different worldview it, it is. And, and uh, the status of the L1 and the L2 and the monolingual approach, the native language of the student's status is low in the educational system and the second language status is high. Whereas in their you know, bilingual approach, then both status is high. And the, so it's very respectful toward the native language and culture and the, 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 the second language is also, is also uh, uh, high status. And then another aspect is the mode of cognitive uh, functioning. And so in a, a, a monolingual mode, then the, the, the L2 or the second language is like something that's usually off, but then it can be switched on, you know, when uh, used. But whereas in, the, in the, our, our model, uh, I, I often talk about the bilingual mode. So where the two languages are always on and always available, and then uh, it also, you have the wider perspective of the two languages to bring to bear on uh, any, any issue. So the, sometimes when I can see like the situations from a Japanese viewpoint or through the Japanese language, and then I find that also usually works better in this uh, country. And uh, also uh, translanguaging, uh, uh, going back to, to uh, Ophelia Garcia, citing 2009, then uh, actually is, is quite similar to uh, my understanding of the bilingual mode, you know, where it's uh, one system of, uh, of language. And so to give you that one that, that image, I have the image of, of uh, where the, the languages are like a room and where the partition between the languages is like a, the Biobu screen. And so both languages are in the room and uh, available. So uh, whereas in the, the monolingual approach, there would be like a door and then the other language is in another room. You know, so it, uh, isn't it better to uh, use translanguaging or, or stay in the bilingual mode in, in one uh, room? So I think I'll have to hurry up a little here. But so in the linguistic development of the person, yeah, so uh, the the monolingual approach it is an additive. You know, you add 
and uh, but uh, but it could be subtractive if the second language starts to uh, replace the first, uh, in the, especially with immigrant children. Uh, but so developmental approach is uh, additive and uh, and uh, tries to start as early as possible with simultaneous uh, development of uh, bilingualism or multilingualism. And the cultural identity of the monolingual person is monocultural. And so with the L2 regarded as just a tool for communication. So whereas uh, uh, in our approach, uh, the person has the choice to become bilingual and, or bicultural if they wish, you know, to the extent they desire to have a bilingual and bicultural identity. And then there are, you know, there are cognitive benefits of uh, the regular you know, um, monolingual approach to second language, but that uh, developmental bilingual perspective, you know, has uh, all the benefits of second language learning, uh, plus, you know, bilingual perspectives has uh, ethical benefits. Uh, my research has shown that people have you know, less prejudice or more broad-mindedness uh, when they become uh, bilingual and also mental health uh, benefits, then uh, uh, it has been shown that there is a later average onset of dementia. So that be being bilingual is the only way that's known that uh, the dementia can be put off uh, for an average of four or five uh, years, uh, which so it may become an issue for you know, us in the, in, the, in the future. But, but it shows that, you know, that the bilingualism is good for the brain and good for you know mental health and then uh, uh, i often you know, tell students that uh, look at your choices in in life you know so a monolingual person you know is and usually is monocultural and then they have very uh, or their if their second language is very limited then uh, they uh, are bounded, you know, by their, their native language and their local community's culture, usually. So you might have, you know, arranged marriage or something like this. Whereas like the bilingual person can have an international marriage, you know, they can communicate with people of all different linguistic communities, you know, they can bridge cultural differences, you know, between people and contribute to uh, society that way. So a greater linguistic repertoire affords more choices and thereby more freedom.